Hey there. Hey. Hey, Brandon. Hey. You there? I am here. Ah, that was cool. You know, earlier today, I was saying we should meet up at the one place to support the show. What place is that? That's at shopsketchcraft.com. <laughs> I almost always curse every time I plug this website, shopsketchcraft.com. It just rolls out the tongue so easily, right? Just slop a slop a slop. You know what also rolls out the tongue? Money. <laughs> it's a trick you, question, Brandon. You get, if you got a little extra, huh? you go to all shopsketchcraft.com. S- all these slick-ass prints. <laughs> <laughs> all these super sketches. <laughs> so sketchy at shopsketchcraft.com. Oh, so sketchy. But the prices are legit. So uh, let's take a look around. What do we got here? Okay. We got uh, the Star Wars gaming print. That's always popular. Ooh. Hey, you know... Everyone loves the new Star Wars movies, right? If you're a big fan of, <laughs> if you're a big fan of Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams and George Lucas, I got the print for you. <laughs> there we go. You know, I am, but there, you know, there's some people. Oh, you know what's also on this print? The Star Wars arcade cabinet that Arcade One Up is, is off. And, and I did not know when I made this that just a few years later I would own this freaking thing because I pre-ordered it. It was fate. It was do, fate. Do you know how I was able to pre-order that? Because people bought stuff off shop, shop sketchcraft.com. <laughs> I can't even say uh, it. Slap, slap, <laughs> So, yeah, also, also, is this Saucy Turtles print. Now, I'm going to bring this Ooh. one up because Brandon actually owns the leg- the real version. That This right here, this Raphael. I Brandon, do. Brandon owes that. He owes it. Owns it. Correct? I own it in my mini shopsketchcraft.com shrine that I have going on. Mm. Um, I hate to admit it. I uh, At one point, I was addicted to shopping on shopsketchcraft.com. <laughs> I've jinxed you. Now you can't if say it. You jinxed me. If you, if, just so everyone knows, if you buy something on this website, it goes towards me learning how to talk. So just so you know, if you give a little, it goes a long way because apparently I can't talk tonight. It's pretty bad. And look, but, honestly, folks, the reason why we do this is because I want your mulas. <laughs> you know? And YouTube ain't paying me. They don't even let you know when there's new videos. <laughs> Not at all. So this is the only shot I have at either saving it took me four years to save about 500 bucks worth of shop sketchcraft.com money folks. Look, I only have 165 sales. It's not much. I actually have more favorites, I think, than sales. But what we do have our five-star reviews. Everyone is happy with their shopsketchcraft.com. That, 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 that. Purchases, whether they buy real art, prints, all that stuff, everyone's happy. I go out of my way. I personally pack these, Brandon. I pack them. You do. You do. Yeah, I've seen it in your. I've seen it in your front room on your couch. Everything's very nicely done on the tables. So that's it, Brandon. That's all we got. Just let everyone know where can you support the show. Please go to shopsketchcraft.com. He did it. He said it. All right, everybody. On to the shop. Sketchcraft Mega Show. It's time for the Mega Show, baby. You know what's up? You're getting all that good, hot, fun, mega stuff. <laughs> you got, <what laughs> hot, fun, mega stuff. Hot, oh, fun, mega stuff. Wow. I was thinking about. I was thinking about food. Yeah, I don't right. know what you uh, you bots were 15 thinking seconds, about. Fifteen seconds. We've already I, derailed the show. Congratulations. I was thinking about some hot, mm. sweaty food. Some good, delicious <laughs> cheeseburgers. Uh-huh that fuel me and my rage to talk to Rob and entertain Ooh, all of you with this tater. mega awesomeness. Mm, tater thoughts. 
<laughs> Our intros are, you. are so informative, Hot. Brandon. Like, <laughs> I learned so we, much. We give it to you good. <laughs> you, you know what you're gonna get. You, you're getting it. Hot oh no! From the taters, from the tater, from the tater Hot. to your to your to your from the to taters to the players. Ooh, mega mm -hmm. show, mega show. Sketch rap. That's how we do it on the mega show. We gotta say this seven times so people remember the name of the show. Sketch hey, it's rap. The mega show. Mega show is about to start. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Sketch Cave and another Sketchcraft Mega Show. Joining me as always is Brendan Mega Potato James. How you doing, dude? Hello, everybody. This you is know, be, oh, go ahead. Go well. <laughs> usually, because it caught me off guard here. Usually, you say joining in. Now it's always on. So I feel kind of honored. I feel like I have a lifetime pass on the show until you threaten to kick me off. So this is also the last episode Brandon will be on. So I can prove you wrong. <laughs> you know, Sketchcraft giveth and Sketchcraft taketh away, Brandon. That's just how it works around here. <laughs> I don't I don't get too excited. I should have In all the years me. I've known you, have I ever directly even called you a friend? Like never. Not <laughs> once. Right? I think once you called me an acquaintance. Um barely. Barely. Mm -hmm. I've equated you, uh, me of yourself. I don't know. You know what I mean? You're you're equated to. There's a way to use that word that I'm not smart enough to do. So anyway, Sketchcraft Mega Show. I want everyone to know this is our one, two, three, like third or fourth time recording this thing. Yes. <laughs> With as yes. every bit of enthusiasm as the last 15 times. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes the tater train. Everyone hop on. <laughs> choo choo. <laughs> now you know I got to make a tater train, right? <laughs> uh, yes. We got to sell that at the uh, shopsketchcraft.com. So, That's right. now, so I don't know what happened between not doing podcasts regularly or something. Uh, I installed this thing called Voice Meter not too long ago to try and like get all nifty with the podcast where I could control you on a channel and Andy on a channel and the sound effects on the channel and the soundboard on a channel. And what it does, it just fucked up all the fucking sound on my computer. So yes. we couldn't, I, not only, like the last time we did it, no one's going to ever going to hear this, but so, you know, I was, my voice was over the bar and you were not just below it, like just barely audible, but also double voiced. Yes. And there was white noise everywhere. And I'm like, what, what guy, what, you, you know, like, I just look around the room, I'm like, really, are we? I gotta let Brandon know we gotta do this again. So here we are. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I think we'd done it twice with with Andy, and we lost him for the third time. So the third time he couldn't make it on, and then this is our fourth time recording this. So you know, I, soon I, it's just gonna be Rob. <laughs> I think Andy just thinks like we're tricking him into talking to us for like two hours about games and never publishing that. Right. We just, we just enjoyed his company. So what do we do here at the Mega Show? I want you to know um, we're not a news outlet. We don't care. I'm a full-time artist, and Brandon, Brandon, Brandon's a tater. So I dabble. <laughs> he dabbles. He um, we just talk about all the stuff that we would normally talk about on the phone here because <laughs> it's, it's wasted. I mean, I know I'm right, and Brandon knows he's right. So, you know... What, what are we doing this for? We got to let you know that we're right about ever now. Um, <laughs> I think this is just a way to get out of the whole, Rob, what do you think about this? And I can just point them to a podcast and because they're on the mega right. show. Right. Funny part about the mega show. I called it the mega show because Brandon's nickname is Mega Potato. But over the last year or so, I started doing a podcast with Mega Vision. It's called the Mega Vision Show. Uh -huh. And people are like, there's a lot of megas in your life, bro. You know what I mean? Like, is the mega show tied into Mega Visions? And I'm like, damn it! I probably should have called it the Sketchcraft Super Show, but I mean, you're Sketchcraft Alpha Show, Sketchcraft Bottom Show, Bottom <laughs> Topper. But which 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 one are you, Brandon? I'm a Power Bottom. <laughs> the Power Bottom Hour, right? There right we go. <laughs> People are just like, this is not what I signed up for. So, yeah. <laughs> so we're just gonna talk about geek-related stuff, comics, movies, whatever, whatever we. We've been complaining about to ourselves. Now, whatever we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, chances are you already know this stuff. So let's just get yes. on to it. Uh, Brandon, you're in charge of the board. So why don't you bring up right. what's our first S thing? Speaking of hurt bottoms, 
<laughs> Rob Liefeld is very cranky <laughs> lately. He is no longer in control over Youngblood, the comic that what is Youngblood? He, Youngblood is a comic book he created in. I'm going to say this year because I'm probably going to get it wrong, but I'm going to go with 92. Sorry, 93. I know uh, you know. The July name. of 1992 is when Image first published uh, Youngblood, which was the first book at Image Comics. Ooh, I was close. Okay, so it was basically like his teenage superhero book, you know, like he does shoulder pads, big buff guys, rockets, guns, all that. And uh, for many years, it was one of his babies, just like Deadpool, Cable, X-Force, Supreme, all these other things. But in the year 2000, he split control with him and two other people. And then well, now... Let me, let me the... see if that story is true, because I'm confused about... So in the Liefeld explained that so basically Liefeld left Image I think before they could kick him out it was like a Nixon mm -hmm. thing it was a big deal right Back I'll leave in, before you fire me I quit by in like '97 I want to say and then he formed this other company called Awesome Comics I think he at the time he was doing Maximum Press which they skipped over in this story I'm funny he didn't mention right. that um, oh, and right then, and then he went right to he formed Awesome Comics with investment partners Scott Rosenberg and John Hyde. Each of the three would have rights over eight of the company's 24 distinct properties to exploit in other media with Liefeld maintaining publishing rights over the characters he created, which meant he could still make comics. Right. Um, that changed in 2018 when Rosenberg told Liefeld that he partnered with a new party, a man named Andrew Rev, to finance Youngblood Comics and Toys. Liefeld says he was stunned but not surprised. These are the most important assets that Scott... So I guess Scott got the rights to Youngblood. Right. That whole deal. Um, and he needed to raise funds. And so, basically, Liefeld doesn't own Youngblood. Right. It hasn't since around 2000. What was that, 98 or 99, 2000? Something like that. Yeah. I'm fuzzy and on what, the numbers. what, you know, kills me is if you... And I've, I've pissed Rob Liefeld off and... I might as well say it. So I'll get to, and then I'll get back to this. Uh, one time before a con, uh, and right before Deadpool one came out, I, uh, me and Rob were joking about giving credit to the original writers that made Deadpool, the character that it is, the funniness, uh, uh, Fabian, not Nasia. Nice I always mess up his name. I think yeah. Nice I always mess up the name. And I apologize, but really it's Joe Kelly that added the, right. And Joe Kelly and them. And I said, you know, they should get credit for making Deadpool the funny character. Cause when he first came out, he was more of a serious mercenary. And well, Ninja Rob Li yeah. Rob Liefeld saw that on Instagram and bashed the hell out of me. And then he the did. next morning, come to find <laughs> out he was sitting directly behind us at a con, yeah. like literally his tables were behind me and Rob, like, and I, he didn't even know it was me. Cause he doesn't pay attention to anybody when they're, he's bashing. And he was just like, Hey, how's it going to me and Rob? And I'm just like, Rob, he just bashed the shit out of me last night. And now he's just like, hey, how's it going? He has no idea who we are or who I am. Obviously, he doesn't care. So, and uh, so I want people to know, like, I'm not a Liefeld hater. Like, you're a, a big of, fan. Yeah. So, But the thing is, is Liefeld's like, how do I say this? <sighs> you know, he's like that uncle you love, but is always going to come with some trouble. Like, it's never going to go smoothly. There's always some <laughs> asterisk, some little trickery up his sleeve, some little, like, he would be like, uh, he'd put out a bunch of books, right? Um, the mm -hmm. first couple years of, of Image. And it would say Rob Liefeld on the art. But Rob Liefeld, clearly you could look at the art and go, this is either either Merritt Michaels or Dan Fraga. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and I even, and no one explained this to me. That's just, if you followed the books, you knew that he had these. He would, Liefeld would have breakdowns and he'd have either Merritt Michaels or Dan Fraga finish up the pencils. And they had clearly different art styles. Oh, like, very. I, you know, Fraga I tended to like lean on kind of like a McFarlane cartoony thing. Yes. And Merritt did like his own like version of Liefeld, you know, but it was clearly not. I don't know, man. It yeah. didn't, didn't work for Rob. I think the best Liefeld-esque artist that they had at that place prior to Stephen Platt was, um, oh, oh uh, it was just in my head, Chap, Chap Yape, Chap, C-H-A-P-Y-A-E-P. -E um, I wish Brandon was here to type this in. So <laughs> <laughs> I have to do all this stuff so I can show you. I don't know how to pronounce his name, Chap's art. I'm going to bring this up really quick. 
So this is like chap stuff. Like out of that whole like LA style uh, life yeah. extreme. Like I always thought he did like the best. Look, this isn't realistic anatomy, folks. I hate when people go, anatomy not realistic. You know, like I get it. It was almost like tattoo art in a way, you know? Um, which mm -hmm. is why they always make great tattoos. Um, and then eventually uh, Roger Cruz came over and did his little like, you know, Majorera thing. But it was, it was well done. <laughs> yeah. It was well done. Him and Todd Knock, I think, managed to make action figures out of these. Uh, with Stephen Platt being like the greatest version of that tattoo look ever. I, I'm a big fan of it. Um, anyhow, the thing about Youngblood was, one, it was, look, the whole thing about Image, Brandon, for me, I, I could tell you it was about this and try to speak for everybody, but I'm going to speak for me, okay? Okay. So, uh, for me, Image was about a, a bunch of guys being really successful at another company and not seeing the financial reward for those efforts. And so they launched their own company to see a financial return for their efforts. So if they sold a million copies, they would see the financial return for those 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 copies uh right. this is nothing new like actors get points on movies probably you know what i mean residuals to some extent musicians are probably the closest thing to that you know like they want to get their money like everyone got this but when it came to comics i was like why should the artists they got paid they shouldn't get nothing we're like one of the few companies uh, countries in the entire world when it comes to comics that does this where a company owns everything that the creators make and they never get shit back like, right you know like the creator of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, when she makes an when they make an anime, she gets money from that, from all the merchandise that they they do well. But in this yeah. country, you don't own shit. <laughs> the American way of the corporation owns everything. You get nothing, and you're lucky if you get credit. So right. image, art is a hobby. <laughs> image was one part about that 100% creator owned rights, and I got into that before Image with. Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles. That was like the thing that got me into two guys made this comic and wow, you know, they get all this money from it being successful. And likewise, right. if it tanks, they eat the cost too. So that's, you know, <laughs> that's the way it goes. Um, technically, one might call that capitalism, Brandon. Um, you know, like like healthy capitalism, not like the unhealthy robber baronism right. that we consider it today. So it was about that, and also, I want to, because this is relevant to another topic, it was also, for me, about defying the status quo. So the status quo at the time was still, like, positive, bubbly superheroes, with the exception being the Watchmen and the Dark Knight Returns, which started that grim and gritty. You're for, are you uh, familiar with the term grim and gritty? A little bit, yes. Right, everyone, and then... Everyone equates the 90s with grim and gritty. That's when superheroes got grim and gritty and they would kill people. And, ooh, they had sex. Oh, that just wasn't really about comics. <laughs> uh, you know, oh, that just, it was so, it wasn't really about the characters. You know, it was just about all this, you know, defying tropes and it went nowhere. Uh, <laughs> so I, you, you, you know why I find that funny, right? Why, Rob? Because the show just came out recently called The Boys. And it's getting praised, Brandon, for being 100% original. And you know what it does? <laughs> it makes celebrity super, superheroes super celebrities. And guess what, Brandon? They have sex. Guess what, Brandon? They murder. And people are afraid of them. And they have their own TV shows and residuals, residuals and action figures. And guess what Youngblood was all about? What was it all about? What I just said. Just loop back what I just said and repeat <laughs> that. And no one's brought this up. You know, like what Garth Ennis wrote the boys before. Yeah, but Young Blood and Spawn and it, it's Savage Dragon was already doing all that. Yeah, they did all that, and they did that not because they were trying to be edgy, but because they were trying to do something that they could never do under the Comics Code, which they were still bound by over at Marvel. So the minute they got out from under the Comics Code, they made these ultra violent comic books based around superheroes being celebrities and people were afraid of them and they worshiped them and that's what young blood and spawn and savage dragon and wildcats all that shit was about yeah now was it as well written or tied no but i really believe that they paved the way for people to take those themes and then you know repackage them and again yet another more refined version of it and if you want an analogy to that go look at the first spider-man movie and how it's it's got jokes and it's a little corny and it's got some techno suits <laughs> you know but it, you know it does some right does some wrong but if you look at the mcu what do you get right the refined mm -hmm. version of that right am i right or am i right 
Oh, you're right. So thank you, Raymond. Thank you. So uh, young blood really paved the way and set the tone for the boys and anything like this, like the Watchmen, Dark Knight Returns did the same thing. So this was like, and you know, something else about those image comics, people like to harp on the anatomy and, and everything. They were action. They were designed to be action figures. Every one of these oh, yeah. young blood characters over the, over the top, yeah. just this fun, look at these, wild. These young blood designs ain't no crazier. Uh, look at that. I tried to look at this and it jumped me to some weird. Okay, let me see if I can go to open image. See if I can do it. These designs right here. Wow, look, it's zoomed way the fuck out. These designs over all this stuff are, are ripe for. There ain't no different than um, G.I. Joe's and He Man's. You know, right. you could tell these are guys that grew up with that shit, you know? Um, and Micronauts and all that stuff. And so they were just keeping an, air, uh, uh, an eye, not just. Not for realism in terms of the costumes being realistic. They were keeping an eye for, oh, this would look good as a statue. This would look good as a toy. And guess what? When McFarlane started making his own toys, they looked amazing as toys. Oh, they were, they were, they were glorious. <laughs> now, where am I going with all this? To the story of young life on the only young blood. Where's the asterisk? Here's the asterisk. Young blood was incredibly successful. You know, right out the gate financially, set mm -hmm. stream studios up for everything. It was the first book to also fall <laughs> because of yes. Liefeld shenanigans with poaching talent. Um, the fact that he sold the rights to the book that founded the company that's all about creator own rights is the ultimate. There's no bigger Galactus size asterisk than that, right? <laughs> like, yeah. <it's, laughs> just, and I think, and I don't think it's, it's so weird because I swear. Up until this new news of it, he was posting things about it. Like it was another one of his childs, you know, one of his like Deadpool. You know, he, he obviously shows you he makes Deadpool and he made Deadpool. But he was posting Youngblood stuff. I swore I saw it. And then now I don't see any of it. And then I was like, what happened? And then I hear about this. It just it was like he literally like a casino dealer just wiped his hands clean of it and stepped back and was like, all right, I'm out. I literally started a little sketchy series of the characters. I was going to do all the characters. Die Hard, I got Shaft, here's Prophet. You know, and giving them that action figure like anatomy and those little bits, you know. Minus right. the cross hatching because I don't need to do that. And I was going to do like all those characters and do Wildcats. And now I'm like, fudge. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What's it for, Brandon? What's it for? I'd still like to see Grifter, but you know. Wildcats is different, right? So even though, but look at Wildcats. Wildcats is owned by DC. So it's just yeah. like, you know, I mean, but that was his right. That's look, it's their right to sell off their rights. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So weird, dude. It's just, I mean, I would. Okay, hold I on. Would hold on to it. Let me go back. Right now, I could put on my Oculus Quest, my Oculus Time Quest. <laughs> if I put on my Oculus Time Quest and I'm able to transport myself back. To 1992, Comic Con. Yeah. San Comic Con, looking at that image booth, and I was able to go, hey, Rob. And Rob would look up at me and clearly see an older version of me because I, I literally look like myself in high school plus a beard. Um, that's what happens yeah, when you don't drink heavily. So, when <laughs> you stay out the sun and don't lift furniture for a living. Um, no. But, well, the sun's a killer, right, Brandon? Yeah. So, I would look down and go, you see that guy? You know, Eli fell with the young blood? And Rob would go, yeah. I'm like, he ain't gonna <laughs> sell the rights off. And really, in 1999 or 2000, whenever that shit started off, you know, I think because yeah. I think I bought Awesome Comics. Let's, Brendan, you go look it up. When did Awesome Comics officially launch? It might have been in '98 because Kaboom came out. I mean, I remember he did the Super Patriot comics, and that was awesome, and that was out during. 98 when I was in basic, right? So it might have been launched in 98. Uh, awesome was launched in 1992 as part of a comic book revolution when the seven top selling Marvel artists made headlines. No, that's not it. Awesome Comics, Rob Liefeld. Go look that up. Uh, oh, Studio Awesome. Wait. Uh, Formed in 1997. 1997. No. 1997. Founded 1997. Okay. The predecessor was Extreme Studios. The founders were Maximum Rob Liefeld Press. and Jeff Loeb. Wait, so did Awesome Comics come up before Maxim? Do I have that wrong? What's the order? Because I'm fuzzy okay. on this. Extreme and then Awesome. And then Maximum? Okay. Extreme. Does it even mention Maximum? Did yeah, they delete yeah, yeah. it? Like, you're going too fast. 
It's all here. Extreme Studios Maximum Press. Let's see. Yeah. Of course, of course, I'm like trying to speed read here. In '92, you had no Extreme Studios. Yeah. See, Maximum Press is kind of deleted. You can only go through. Okay. So I know the books. Give me a second. Brennan, you talk while I dig some stuff up. Okay. Um, oh, and just to go back to my Rob Liefeld story, you know, he had no idea who we were. And me and Rob went and saw Deadpool that night that it opened. It was, I believe it was Valentine's weekend, which was, you know, a little weird. But me and Rob went to go see it, loved it, you know, and was able to talk to him the next day. Like, hey, man, loved the movie, thought it was great. He still had no idea who I was or the shit talking he did to me the night before. Um, but you know, like he was so, he still is so proud of owning the whole Deadpool creative thing. So when I saw something like that, where he's like, I love young blood, we're going to put out a show. And then all of a sudden he's like, I'm stepping away from all that. It just really caught me by surprise. Cause he's a, he seemed like an artist who really wants you to know what he's made. Like really, to a point where you're just like, all right, man, I get it. That was your jam. And hey, I'm, I'll never probably have that experience where I could be like, yeah, I put out that number one hit song or I put out that number one book and I can't hold on to it. But I can't, I can't say for sure I wouldn't act the same way. Because I mean, if I create something that makes me very wealthy and provides for my family like that, I'd probably be like, yeah, this is me. I'd wear shirts, hats, socks, underwear, Maybe even a life-size statue like he has. So, yeah, I don't. I might have deleted the maximum book. I have Super Patriot lying around here somewhere. I keep that around, but I don't yeah. have it around. So I guess I'm gonna assume Maximum Press came out after, because that's when he did that Battlestar Galactica book. Mm-hmm. So, whatever, whatever. We don't really talk about Maximum. Anyhow, oh, Maximum Press '96 to '98. So, yeah, so he did Maximum first and then Awesome. I'm right. Yeah. Yep. Maximum was 96, 98. Awesome was really 99 to 2000. And then Arcade was the one that came after. Remember Arcade Comics? No, I don't remember that one. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, Arcade Comics didn't last too long. What did he publish under Arcade? The Youngblood reboot, Genesis. And mm-hmm. then he did Nitrogen. What was Nitrogen? I love the name, right? Nitrogen. It's just so, it's just like an extreme energy drink type stuff you know nitrogen extreme forces he should call his next book remember he was in he posted some picture of him saying he was back in the lab he should call it extreme force yes you know what i mean (laughs) yes extreme force extremely young force no that's this is nitrogen hold on this don't don't do that brandon this is Nitrogen. I guess it was like Profit and Crypt. Yeah. Look I was trying that. to blend the name of his books together, like X Force. Yeah, these days it's not fun. Right. No, it didn't. You just apologize for right. the internet. I apologize, internet. I meant nothing by it, nor do I condone that type of talk or actions. Yeah, you're in the wrong anyone. climate, Brandon, for that. <laughs> yeah. wrong I, was trying to, I was trying to convert the names. We do this stuff live. We don't think it out. I just speak as words come to my brain. It sounds a lot like when you talk on the phone, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's true. I don't, I don't put much thought into me talking to you, Rob. I just kind of go with it. And it's funny because I put you in charge of planning the shows. So, hmm. Who's worried? Ready for the, the next fool? topic? The fool or the fool who follows them? Let's follow Brandon to the next topic. Ooh, look. You like that segue? I do. Let's Pretty just good. keep going with the whole image thing. And put a big uh, congratulations to spawn which will be reaching issue 300 this september 4th wow issue 300 like often bound i'm not familiar with this site uh issue 300 yeah look at that great capullo cover oh that's dope so he's drawn capullo's drawn interiors mm-hmm. not the whole thing part of it and then um that's cool uh that's fucking dope um Sky J. Scott Campbell's going to do some interiors as well as a cover, right? Right. Yeah. And it looks like more of older J. Scott Campbell art, you know, not as 
I want to say some of the stuff's a little bit, his newer stuff's a little more angular where the ankles are a little too skinny and stuff, but this looks more fleshed out, thicker characters, just real gritty, cool feel. It reminds me kind of Gen 13 stuff. Right. I'm going to try to bring it up really quick because mm -hmm. he posted some pictures. Go ahead and talk yeah, more about Spawn 300. What's going on? Yeah, he posted a whole bunch of things and he's got a lot of variants coming out. I won't buy the single issues, but once they put out maybe a a collective book of the 300, some kind of thing with all the covers. Um, I'm all for it. J. Scott Campbell did a cover. Greg Capullo did a killer medieval night cover, which I really love. Uh, an artist I really like, uh, and I'm bad. Hold on. Here, I got it. Hold on. So here's some of the J. Scott Campbell pencils. If you can kind of see that, mm -hmm. folks, how dope it looks that. Yeah, it's definitely got that, I want to say, uh, cliffhanger, more of his cliffhanger style. In mm -hmm. it. You can see some of the the inks that Todd's working on. So funny thing about these inks, best I can do folks, um, is he said that this paper is super slick. So he has to ink the whole thing with his micron as a plastic tip. Um, and I'm like, did someone not tell Todd that he can just reprint that stuff out? You know, he can scan the pencils and just print them back out. Print it out so, on some yeah. less, you know, something with a little uh, tooth to it, some uh, Bristol or something. Yeah, so I don't know, man. You know, like I'm not one. And these are some of the inks he showed off today of uh, Capullo's interiors, which is dope. Spawn looking like a walking corpse. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I could drop I could drop some information for Todd if you want. I could let that him know. Oh. That'll that'll go over really well. Kind of like me uh, talking to uh, Liefeld. It always goes well when I try to talk to these big name artists. Right. So who else is going to be producing uh, this? And, you know, I'm bad with names, but uh, Jerome Opeña, um, he did a bunch of X-Force stuff for Marvel, which was really cool. So he's got a whole collection of the characters there. Um, this guy, I don't I don't know a lot of his art, but Jason Sean Alexander. Well, I can hold got, on. I can show the Joe, the Opeña cover. Okay. It's like I like that whole like Avengers Age of Ultron where they're jumping. Right. Yeah. So that looks cool. Yeah. And then you got the jason sean alex one who has kind of like a uh ashley wood you know painted gritty style to it where oh, I got that. you know Here it is. a lot of heavy stuff so yeah. really dig that it's got a little bit of also sam keith maybe sin cabbage mm -hmm. or somewhere between keith and jay lee remember jay lee yeah Hellshock. yeah that's dope oh yeah you know and then uh and, yeah he has that whole painter's look kind of like uh gabriel delato that i like but um, yeah, it's 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 really cool. Out. Todd posted this uh, "See You at Comic Con," and this is the uh -huh. Wizard Comic San Diego Comic Con 1982, 91, was it 92 <sighs> edition, right? Uh -huh. And guess guess who was there, Brandon? Who was there, Rob? I was there. Here's my copy. I keep it. Here it is, right here. There it is, the San Diego Comic Con Collector's Edition for issue one. You fucking nerd. I bought it there. Yep. I bought it at Con back in the day. And I keep it right here to remind me of why I put up with Brandon's shit. <laughs> no, That's right. Why? <laughs> you know when I go, why the hell am I doing this? I look over. Oh, yeah. That's why. So. While we're on Todd McFarlane and his page here. My bad. Can you, uh, can you pull up that new... Uh, Batman Todd McFarlane statue that they debuted uh, at uh, San Diego Comic-Con 2019. So at Comic-Con this year, Brandon, tell them what they did. They unveiled this very badass cover statue that Todd did years and years ago. I think it was uh, issue 423 uh, where Batman's kind of like draping his cape over someone to protect her. But they made a statue out of it with all those cool lines and sharp angles and everything. Yeah. It looks so beautiful. It's based off uh, his Batman Year 2 cover. And he did mm -hmm. like a version of Spawn and Wanda not a while back. Um, but yeah, there's that. This one, I actually saw that in the comic stores. and I couldn't convince my mom to buy me it, but I didn't know who that was. That wasn't the first time I saw Todd's art, but that was the first time I ever saw that art. And I was like, I know that guy. He drew that cover. It was the one where Spider-Man punches the Hulk in the orbit. And like he's punching through the logo. Uh -huh. That was the first time I ever saw Todd's art. My friend had it. And here's Todd posing with the life-size version of that statue. How cool is that? 
That's just badass. Now Todd needs to make the same thing with Spawn. Mm-hmm. And then carry that around to every convention. <laughs> <laughs> just bring it in. Uh-huh. Like That'd it. be cool to see and take pictures with. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. I'm going to own this. Yeah. I'm going to look at you own this. I'm gonna. I'm getting this one. The cool. best way for Rob to own that, people, is for you to shop at shopsketchcraft.com. Shopsketchcraft.com. It's not hard to say. It's not hard to say, Brandon. I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> I do. Too many S's in the show. Spawn, Sketch, Sketchcraft, Shop, Salisbury Steak. Yeah, Todd takes over the uh, DC toys starting January. Ooh, that's going to be cool. How great is that? Oh, yeah. Spawn Take my logo, money. <laughs> the Spawn logo is going to be on every DC toy and Liefeld doesn't own Youngblood and Wildcats is owned by DC. Huh. Hmm. <laughs> a little bit of a loop going on there. <laughs> what if right? DC Full bought out the two guys' shares and DC owned all the Youngblood stuff? <laughs> I would get a Youngblood figurine. I had the toys when I was younger. Right. I mean... You know, me and you have a little bit of age difference. I think it's about six years. So when you probably had the action figures compared to when I had them, I was playing with them in the shower kind of thing where I was like, yeah. I was still playing with them in the shower. You know, I was like, (laughs) rainy scene. You know, my girlfriend was like, what are you doing? It's raining. It's heavily raining. Can't rain all the time. And just quoting all the gothic movies. Just putting all my Stone Temple pilots on loop. There you go. (laughs) So, I mean, I, I love the figurines. I had medieval spawn toy i had all those so you know i'm i'm all for him getting more licenses and more toys because he does them well um let's move on to another topic and let's just keep it batman since batman's the last thing we said the new movie the batman lands the i'm gonna mess this up like i do every time cinematographer greg frazier also known as director of photography cinematographer Greg Frazier. Yes. Greg Frazier is the guy who did the cinematography for Star Wars Rogue One. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. Oh, it was so beautiful. And Foxcatcher. And I, uh, what else did he do? Did he do Let Me In or he did Zero Dark Thirty? No, he did Let Me In. He did, he did Let, Let Me In the Vampire in? movie. Yeah, yeah Matt that, Reeves uh, directed that, right? Didn't he? Yeah, that was the first time they worked together. Yeah. Him and Matt Reeves. The He, you know, with Rogue One, he made you feel like you were on that beach, you know, stuff's flying, things are going on. It had such a grit and texture and the color palettes, everything was so beautiful. The look of that movie. So I imagine he's going to make Gotham city feel dirty and grimy. And you're going to feel like you're hopefully in those alleyways, those streets on top of the buildings. He's going to give it that, uh, for lack of a better term scope, I guess is how I felt like when well, in Rogue Wally one Fister had that with the dark Knight. You know, those light. Mm-hmm. I just wonder what would be cool is if you get that scope with a more comic booky looking universe, you know, because Star Wars is, you know, it's a genre based universe. Right. So that was awesome to see things like control panels and computer tech and spaceships lit in that way, you know, as opposed right. to just glass steel buildings in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. You know, which we've all seen. So one hopes that this movie will have a gothic tone to this visual silence. I think they're shooting it out in London, right? Like in the UK. Uh-huh. So that's possible. I mean, they got all that architecture out there. So. Gargoyles and things like that on the building would be really bad. Brexit, probably famine and uh, starvation. <laughs> <laughs> Riots. Uh, I don't know. So. <laughs> yeah. All the, all the good stuff you want to see, you know? Well, so I'm excited be- for it. I just hope it's not another, nolan series and i hope it's more comic booky in the sense of over the top creatures and and things instead of realistic so what i mean by that is i hope there's like an element of and i know you hate this movie but suicide squad where there's a killer croc there's dead shot there's there's that over the top comic booky people not the plot not the everything just that over-the-top, like... All the dancing? You know. But she Harley Quinn it. was awesome. So she she seemed like a comic book character. So, you know, and for I know you hate the Joker, and I didn't. I really like Jerry Leto's Joker. I don't Joker. hate the Joker. 
just you hated character. Jared Leto's Joker. I, I, I personally despise the tattoos. I despise the tattoos as well, but I loved his over-the-top craziness. Like when he shows up in the back of the plane and it's a Joker shooting a Tommy gun type gun, or I don't know guns very well because I've never really used them. Well, that's but... where I feel that DC is better suited to be in a not real you know, hybrid universe a la like the animated series where it's one part noir and pulp mixed in with, you know, modern tech or slightly modern tech. Yeah. You know, like when it's literally it's Batman down the street and he's got cell phones, it's like it's not gonna work. You know, like it doesn't doesn't <laughs> you gotta omit a lot of logic at that point, you know? Right. More so than normal with the guy dressed up like a bat swinging around the rooftop. So um here's my problem with all this though. I I don't want to be a party pooper. Right? Uh-huh. But <laughs> but but um it's two years away. <sighs> right? It's two can years. You put some, can you put some scope on that of what <laughs> we might get from other things as far as two the years? The entire Marvel Phase 4. Oh, my goodness. You know? We're going to get the entire Marvel Phase 4 in the time it takes to make one Batman film. That's ridiculous. We're going to get what? What is it? Four movies, two, three TV shows, an animated what-if show? Let me see. In the time. I got yeah, to dig this up. The problem is it's like mixed in with all those fake ones. You know, right? There's there's so many random ones. I know it, Google did that thing where now they make the images on the right hand side versus the top. I don't know when they fucking started that. We might get a Blade movie made faster what, than we will. That's Batman actually movie. the Blade movie will come out probably around the time this comes out. So, um, <sighs> that's no joke. So Phase Four is a Black Widow movie is in May of 2020. A Winter Soldier Falcon Falcon Winter Soldier series. Like what? Four episodes? Eight episodes? So that's eight, eight hours of content, right? Plus another two. Yeah. That's ten hours of content. Then you're gonna get the Eternals. You know, that's that's gonna be two. at least two and a half hours, right? So I do the math, Brandon. That's eight plus two plus two. Probably another two hours with Shang Chi, right? Fourteen. Then you're gonna get a series with WandaVision. It's another ten. Yeah. Plus Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. A a a. Movie that will be based around a multiverse. Yes. Then you're gonna get a Loki series at another another, another four hours, another, eight hours. No, or... I was gonna say another ten. You know, another ten hours, two times. So eight. like thirty-six oh, hours. Eight hours. Eight hours. Sorry. So it's eight one 30. two. Jesus, an animated what if series that doesn't really count. Animated. Uh, Hawkeye series, <laughs> Thor, Love and Thunder. By 2020, by the time Batman comes out, how many fucking one, two, three, four times eight is 32, two, four, six, eight, ten, 42 hours of content to that Batman movie. And see, that Batman two-hour movie. And look, you could say, well, Marvel's not my gym. And I get that. I would also counter, like, it's not hard to make a fucking movie based around a guy dressed up as a bat, dude. It's just not. No. You know? It's actually more harder to make a bad one because <laughs> right. you have to really try. I mean, look how much effort went into Batman and Robin. You know, a lot of effort had to go into that. I mean, Justice League didn't work, but you you had studio interference and an actor who didn't give a shit anymore and not really any director. You know what I mean? So that takes a lot of effort. Due to to tragedy and... Tragedy and whatever, dude. And everything else. Yeah, so... What's what's crazy about that is you got, at the same time, like, okay, Batman was already announced. And then just now at Comic-Con, they announced Thor Love and Thunder. That means that... Within the next two years, Marvel will have one brought back Jane Foster, Natalie Portman, who didn't even want to be in Marvel movies anymore, but they got her to be hyped about it. Two, they're going to make a whole nother Thor movie with a female Thor now, and that'll all come out before you can make Batman one of the most iconic characters right, ever. Who you're just... not even you're not even doing the real math. The real math is simple. <sighs> the last time there was a standalone Batman movie, <laughs> Avengers had just come out. Oh my goodness! First movie, you understand what I'm saying? Like, it's just—they've managed to reboot Spider-Man. You know what I mean? The Incredible Hulk, do an entire Netflix universe come and gone. (laughs) Three seasons of Daredevil. You know, like all in the span of really working on this solo Batman movie. So I don't 
Look, dude. It better be epic. It better be the the greatest superhero movie ever. Won't be. I look, look. I have no doubt. Odds are in its favor, given the talent that it could be. That it's going to probably be fun. But I don't know. I like the actor. I like the director. I like the cinematographer. You know, but I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Like, who knows? I mean, it's two years <laughs> away, dude. Like, you know. And I'm not one of those guys that goes, man, release the Snyder because Snyder couldn't make a... Look, Snyder's version of Batman and Superman was like Heroes Reborn when Image got a hold of Captain America and Fantastic Four. You know, a lot of cross-hatching, a lot of boots in your face. Not a whole lot of story, right? <laughs> great great visuals, not a lot behind it. Right. But we I, like the artists, I more loved, or less. <laughs> I love the, the visuals of it. The story, yeah, it sucked. But I could put it on just to look at how beautiful shit is because of larry I fong and jim you lee's know. fantastic four reboot not much of a story you yeah know? so so you it's know. fun to look at um can i move on to happier content can i move on now to another something that's a little happier that people are putting out some <laughs> i don't know it's kind of a dour show right like... i know this one just <laughs> let's see so, so hold on let's just let's see where we're at in the topic so so far liefeld doesn't own young blood anymore Todd's doing all right with his book, but oh, we didn't even mention Todd had a Spawn movie that ain't probably ever coming out. So, all right. So that's uh, kind of no, neutral, neutral news. Neutral. And then Batman gets the great director of photography, but Asterix, it doesn't come out for another two years. Um, might have a whole reboot of, might have a whole new Star Wars trilogy starting up by the time Batman comes out. We might, they might <laughs> reboot. Hold on. Aquaman by then. Uh, well, Wonder Woman 2 comes out next summer, so we'll see how that goes. I personally didn't care for... I won't get into it now, but you know, Shazam wasn't my jam. So, whatever, Not man. My All Not right, my jam. Well, and people go, I like Shazam. I'm like, look, as an adopted kid, I find the movie offensive. <laughs> I'm are adopted. You tri- are you triggered, Rob? Yeah, I'm a trigger. Look, dude, Brandon, let me just say this about Shazam. I- I'm going to assume, Brandon, that you have a step-parent. Many, many. And I also uh, semi-adopted in high school. Right. So the f- look, unless you actually go to court and get adopted, bro, you getting adopted. So, like, here's the thing: um, you ever have one of those step parents call you son like the first fucking night? <laughs> like, Never. You first name basis, if I'm lucky. Like to this day, right? To this day. So like Shazam, like he gets home from that. You know that that orphanage, and they're calling him son, and and like, how come you won't hug us? And they're like, it's just, I don't like it. <laughs> like, and that should be my movie. Look, an orphan kid whose mom abandoned him and he becomes a superhero. Like, that's that should be for Rob. You know? Right. But look, that's it. Just I couldn't, I cannot get past that at all. Like, but that's for me. Like, I just can't, can't do it. Yeah, um, and. Yeah, I couldn't, like, I never was in your shoes. And even so, like, I went to live with a family in high school because my family was not great. And even then, like, it was known, like, I wasn't really a son, but they were okay with me there. But it never was like, hey, boy, you know, it's not like that. Where they instantly, like, hug. And it's like, you just live with the situation you're in. You're just like, all right, this is happening. So even so, I couldn't even... You know, for you, I know you love Shazam. I know you like the story of it. You've made some badass Shazam art that I liked a lot. And I was like, when we first saw this trailer, we were like, years and years. Stoked. Yeah. yeah. I actually uh, pre ordered back in the 90s the reboot. Like, there was a Shazam <laughs> reboot with the, with the cover, the Jerry, was it Jerry Ordway cover? Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. So I was like, and, and I got the Mike Kunkel reboot. It was the first superhero I remember seeing um, because of the TV show where he drove around in Winnebago. You know, I saw that before the Superman movie because there was no way to rent movies in, like, 1980, you know? <laughs> Every time I think we're not that huge of nerds, we, we reference some, like, weird, obscure shit, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Nerds. I have knowledge, bro. Look, I got dumped by a girl in high school for talking too much about Superman. <laughs> Superman sucks. You know? Funny part is she goes to Comic-Con now and is like, how come you don't go to Comic-Con? I'm like, you fucking dumped me for talking about Superman. Go tell everyone at Comic-Con. It's because of the movies. It's because of the movies. Supernatural, man. She's one of those girls. You know, uh, 
Whatever. But I got over it. I'm clearly not bitter. Let's move on to some happy content. content. Superman died in the comics, and I got done. Honestly, at that point, I didn't care. I was like, I got my new Return of the Superman fucking trade pair, but I'm going to go read that. Like. (laughs) <laughs> Actually, that was during World. No, that was the night. Remember, Wizard Magazine had a Death of Superman special. Yeah, that's what I was reading when she called me, and I keep talking about. Superman. You know, since we're just gonna be a downtrodden, I want to go on record to say I miss Wizard, like old school Wizard, not when they turned into like movie magazine Wizard, but they turned like into old entertainment t- uh, weekly, weekly, and they put yes. uh, the what's her face Evangeline Lilly on every cover. Yeah. Ever like it, would, they, it was a, it used to be a running joke in the nineties that they put Wolverine on every cover. Well, it became right. Evangeline Lily like at some point too. Yeah, it was Wolverine and Spider Man on on the covers. But you know they got different artists to do the covers, and you had all that cool content in that book. It was it was so good, and, and they were gatefold covers. Up. The covers folded out for the yeah. first like twenty five thirty issues or something. So. But yeah, it was always like internet dude. Like it was really good, like internet. It was always like pros too, like McFarlane for the Spawn Batman. Him and Frank Miller did a Spawn Batman. Where Miller drew the Miller Batman, and McFarlane drew Spawn on the cover. Right, and they even had and an artist that I follow to this day, Carlo Barberi. He won an art contest and eventually got work with DC and uh, Marvel and all of them through just their art contest. So I mean, it helped a lot of artists. You know, well, it also one of my favorite covers. Let me show this right now. One of my favorite covers was Capullo did a Halloween issue with, with the Violators, and it's this house where they're like ripping apart all like the for all the kids are <laughs> trick or treating. It's so fucking grim, dude. It's awesome. This is one of the best. Uh, it's hard. So that was one of my favorites, and then one of my favorites of there's actual line art that's fucking dope. One of my favorite of all time was it's actually my favorite spider-man anything spider-man quesada did this spider-man joe quesada did this spider-man cover that's fucking this right here is my fucking jam dude this shit right here i own like a bunch of these plus the the poster it folds out like this is the fold out it's got this cool perspective it's got carnage and venom coming off like this is the kind of quesada art that i miss he don't draw like this no more Hmm? Yeah, I owned about probably, let's say, 20 to 30 issues of Wizard, and things didn't go well between me and my cousin, and he filled my boxes with water, and they all mushed together into one. He, he went from this to that for Spider-Man. Like, I just don't... I don't know, guys. Uh, Rob doesn't get... Oh, look at the original inks. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, that's pretty fucking badass. So there was lots of... Look, uh, Kapoor, uh, sorry, J. Scott Campbell did a Spider-Man Spawn cover. That was yeah. dope. It's a little pixelated right there, but you guys get the idea. Um, there was, oh, Casada did that Deadpool X-Mutants cover. That was awesome. And then, you know, there were some covers I wasn't a big fan of. Like, they did that, Fleer did that rendered over Spider-Man's art redo. I wasn't a fan oh, of that. Oh, where's Glossy? Yeah. Or not but Glossy, but Joe Mad did that cool uh, Cyclops Gambit cover. That one's dope. Um, my all-time favorite is the profit cover, where the contest was count the bullet shells. Yeah, count the bullet shells. You count it. Folded out. It's got bad rock. And speaking of young blood, uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. It's. I know. I miss. I miss that kind of. But you know, it's gone, Brandon. <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, it's never coming back. You know, like yeah. that kind of art, that kind of thing. It's it's over. And yeah. I mean, it was one of those things. He just you collected it, even for the covers. You were just like, this is. And I want to say it was probably what the first hundred issues. Um, yeah, that Joe Mad uh, Cyclops and Gambit cover. Oh my god, I redrew that thing like twenty, thirty times. I, I think one stop. of my my second favorite would be the. Um, let me get this. I'm gonna show you guys this. Uh, well, I don't think it was a cover. They did it as a poster. Maybe they did it as a cover. The uh, I'm probably sitting right on my fucking shelf too. Right. I don't know. Let me see. Uh, about a cliffhanger. I'm gonna type in cliffhanger. You know, and you got to see like when Joe Mad did the uh, the Trinity, you know, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman cover before that was even a thing. That was 
back in the day. This was... one right here. Oh, it's so hard to see. Um, let me show you. This. Let's see if this comes up. What's the issue number? I don't. It was. I have the issue. I don't know if it's on the cover, but it's where the debut of Cliffhanger. And J. Scott Campbell drew Abby Chase and Humberto oh, Ramos yeah, drew yeah, yeah, Crimson yeah, yeah. and then Bat Yeah. So it's each that one of those. Was, I got it right here. I have it. I it's on my shelf. It. I just I'm not I'm not fucking putting my headset down to dig it out. <laughs> right. So But they all got a, a turn of their character. Yeah, they all got a turn of their character uh, drawn the character and you know what it kind of in a way negatively. Issue seventy eight. It negatively affected me in some way because I was like, that's how, if you're drawing Abby Chase, it should look like his art. And if you're drawing, this is what forced me to learn how to draw different styles. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's a bad, meanwhile, it was a bad habit to pick up. Meanwhile, like they talk about how much of a pain it was to try and coordinate that because they had to ship the art around and everything. And Right. So. And then issue about, yeah, else. issue 100 was the last issue where they actually, pretty much used like real art there was a couple of, like painted covers after that and a couple of ramos stuff but after that they started using spider-man movie pictures and the hobgoblins and yeah yeah affleck as daredevil and it just you know and they, they still sprinkled in some art here and there like you know you'd catch a couple things but it was few and far between yeah it was a bummer we're bringing the show down, Brandon. <laughs> it's a total '90s episode, isn't it? Like, it is. It's very nostalgic. It's very, you know, like most nostalgia you, ends in disappointment. Can you put my mega potato character with some big ass shoulder pads and? <laughs> Not this but episode, but we gotta. I gotta do that at some point. Yeah. Okay. Let's end it on a, a happy note on a con something content that we both enjoyed recently. Yeah. Okay. Epic rap battle put out a video Carlin, George Carlin the comedian versus Richard Pryor the comedian and it is fucking hilarious it's this one right here, I'm not gonna stay on it too long because I don't want their content to be fucking flagged so, right. yeah, they did uh, George Carlin versus Richard Pryor and then, I'm just spoilers folks for spoilers. Epic Rap Battle <laughs> uh, and then Bill Cosby shows up <laughs> And he roofies himself with chocolate pudding. <laughs> he puts himself out. He's like, I got the job. He's, he's, he's like, you know, something, and I'm great. I eat MCs like the chocolate cake, you know. Like, <laughs> and then he starts, and then the screen gets a wobble. He goes, someone put something in my pudding. And he holds up a pudding cup. like, I, Oh. And then Joan Rivers shows up. And the actress that plays Joan Rivers, what's her name? It is uh, Jackie Ton. Yeah, she's on um, Glow. Glow, right? Yes. She's amazing. She shows up as, as Joan Rivers. And first off, I'm a big Joan Rivers fan. I grew up oh, yeah. watching when she'd come on Johnny Carson in the 80s. And I was like, now nah, the show's funny. I didn't like the show until she showed up. So I'd follow her anywhere she went. At Hollywood Squares, Joan Rivers, watching that. And then eventually she started showing up on Howard Stern. And I was older. And I was like, definitely listen to Joan today. Joan Rivers roasting people is the best. So, fucking crying shame what happened to her. That one really pissed me off. Like, I was, like, I want to kill this motherfucker who basically murdered Joan Rivers. Um, and so, she shows up and she raps, like, in perfect Joan Rivers accent and with... with Facial expressions, expressions, the way her mouth moves yeah. to the side, kind of. Yeah. It's so on point that you're just like... And she's good. She's good for being an actress who... You know, some of them can sing, some of them can do things. She raps and also does Joan's voice and, and inflections spot on, spot on. And you're just like, yes, this is good. She owns it. She owns that whole episode. It's all her. Well, it was supposed to originally end with just her, but then uh, a lot of fans in the Patreon apparently said, you got to put in Robin Williams. So they ended with Robin Williams, but I still think Joan was the best on no. that. It, yeah. yeah, she's got the crown in that one. And then uh, I guess... Uh, What's uh, Jackie Tone? She's doing. Uh, I heard she's. I don't know where I heard. It. Maybe on her Twitter that she's gonna play Gilda Radner. 
you're familiar oh, with nice. Gilden Radner, yeah, in a Gilden Radner documentary or movie or I don't know. Uh, so rising talent, that woman, super fucking talented, like super good. Like that, that was, that, that's like the best standout female rapping since, um, did you see Mamrie Hart when she did, uh, she did Julia Child versus Gordon Ramsay on Epic Rap Battles? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she, she nailed it too. Mamrie nailed that one. Gilda Radner was one of the original SNL cast, right? Yeah. She's part of the original seven. If you've never watched Gilda Live, Gilda Live was, um, they actually, so it's her stand-up, but they, they shot her on film. Looks uh-huh. fantastic. Shot on film. She was such an amazing talent that when she ended up in movies, no one fucking ever let her, I don't know what it was. No one knew how to use her. She is uh-huh. not ever once in a movie displaying what she can do talent-wise. Like she barely even talks. Like she was in um, was it Women in Red? The Woman in Red with Gene Wilder. She married Gene eventually. But, Haunted honeymoon. Dude, she's just. The, it breaks your heart when you realize how. If you watch Gilda Live, you're like, how did this woman not fucking become the most popular actress? I mean, she should have been. She should have been the original Ghostbuster, as far as I'm concerned. You know. Yeah. Like she easily could have played a Ghostbuster or Ben Janine or what I don't know. You know what I mean? Like something right. that would have showed off her talents. She could have played the Lewis Tully character and would have been amazing. So, uh, which, whatever. It's yeah, Guild Alive is awesome. I rewatch it every couple of years and it's it's awesome. So if you've never seen Guild Alive, you should definitely dig that one up. It's fucking awesome. Um, so Jackie Tone, looking forward to that actually. Like. Uh, showing my age a little bit, but who cares? I don't know. I don't. I'm not getting younger here, right, on this video podcast. So <laughs> definitely getting better looking, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you just try to talk make me sure. In. I, I you try to talk sure me into a Sizzler cast. dinner, huh, Brandon? Oh yeah. <laughs> we go to Shoney's. I want to go to Shoney's. I got a Sherry's right down the street. Same logo. Sh- yeah. Same yeah. Thing. Same. Same. Yeah. You're That's gonna, weird. When you come up here, you're like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're at the hour mark. Is there anything else we missed? Anything else you want to bring up? Anything? You know, we've done this four times, so I'm like, I'm sure there's something I missed that I said last time, but every time it's like we've we've interchanged things throughout the four iterations, so it's like. Some things we didn't talk about. Some things we did talk about. So, did you see Once Upon I, a Time in Hollywood? I did not. Uh, the missus wanted to see it, but she had to go. I don't remember what happened. We just have we didn't get to see it. My she second favorite to. movie here. My first is Spider-Man: Far From Home, and then this. And I'm gonna go see it. I seen it twice. So I'm gonna go see it a third time. I don't care. It's too long. You guys could just regurgitate all the talking points that you've read on the internet. That you know, I don't. I don't care. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I could watch 12 more hours of just them going around 60s LA, you know? So right. the soundtrack in the sound, and it's not stylized. It's they recreated. No, it's the opposite of stylized. It looks like they just went back in time. Wow. Yeah. It's not stylized much at all. Like there's more style in kill bill and in glorious pastures. This is probably the least stylized movie since Jackie Brown. I try to tell you like, there's like, Quentin makes two or three different kinds of Quentin Tarantino films, and this is more the Jackie Brown where there's like a loose novel-like plot, you know, and it just uh-huh. lets characters play out in scenes with dialogue that don't, they're not, it's not super plot-heavy. It's more like tone and just slice of life. Like, you know when you watch an anime they call slice of life anime where they're just living their days? Yeah. You're just hanging out with them and there's not any giant plot. It's just their days. That's what it's like to be with them. Right. It's like that. You know, but they're really fucking cool. I could watch. It's just, I wish there was like. See, he did the uh, extended edition of the Hateful Eight on Netflix. So the, uh-huh. the Hateful Eight was two hours forty-seven minutes, and the 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 extended edition is a four-hour ep- uh, series. So he broke it into four episodes, an hour each. Oh wow! Um, and I, it's better. I I like it more than the theatrical version. I still think that that movie should take place in a Civil War mansion or something. It's in a one-room cabin where people are talking as if the people next to them can't hear them yeah which is the one thing i'm like you know quentin i can go with you anywhere but come on you know <laughs> yeah that's the one thing i have about that film but uh if that took place in a mansion because it's a whodunit if it took place in like a burnt out war-torn mansion like you know a real vile version of clue then i think that 
makes the movie, you know, even better. But who am I to tell Quentin Tarantino how to fucking fuck a film? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll go see anything Quentin does. I don't give a shit. So I'll um, let him know on Instagram. Like I let yeah, all other yeah, people know. He doesn't even use. I bet you he doesn't even use a phone. You know, funny Quentin story. Uh, the Q and A with Jeff Goldsmith put up an interview they did with him during Inglorious Bastards that they never published. And he was uh-huh. talking about his writing process, how he writes everything physically into notebooks, which I knew, or pads of paper. That's how I started writing. Um, but what he does is because he has to submit a script for the studios. Back in the 90s when he had to submit Reservoir Dogs and, and True Romance, he got a word processor. And he's had the same word processor since 1991. Uh, <laughs> oh wow it's little lcd screen it's got you know floppy drives and so he and he types it one letter at a time and so he looks at his script he types it one letter at a time and his editing process he only does this once his editing process is simple if he doesn't feel like typing that shit then it's not worth being in the movie <laughs> oh wow <laughs> that's the only form of editing he has so Fun story, right? Oh yeah. He types. He types like how I type. Do, 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 like the little bird on The Simpsons. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, hits the button. So, all right, so that's it. That's all we got today, Brandon. We should be back. Well, we're going to be back this week. Actually, we're going to be talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Turtles in Time versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the Hyperstone Heist because I want to do something. Uh, with Mega Visions and Game Cave around it, and I don't feel like typing that shit up. So we're just going to talk about it, and I'm just going to type <laughs> out our conversation <laughs> as the review. So, Sounds about right. So if you want to hang out and argue about TMNT, join us then. That one we'll probably do uh, live so we can get some live feedback from people. <laughs> so we'll do that then. Brandon, is there anything else? Uh, make sure you follow me on Instagram at Mega Potato Show. I don't post anything, but you can follow me. All right, that's it. We're going to head out of here. Say goodbye, Brandon. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.